Welcome to the Life After Kids podcast with Drs. Brooke and Lynn. We're getting real, raw, and vulnerable on all things midlife. We're sharing our friendship of over 20 years, and we're having honest conversations about our struggles and what it really takes to live a meaningful life after kids. So brew your coffee or steep your tea and pull up a chair. Let's have a chat. Together, we'll rewrite the next chapter in Show Midlife Who's Boss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Life After Kids with Drs. Brooke and Lynn. I'm Dr. Brooke. I'm Dr. Lynn. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today. We have an awesome topic to bring to you. Yes, we're talking about procrastination and perfectionism. (laughs) But it's a tough one. It is. But you guys, I think that some element of this affects most women. I would say. This is not a woman problem. This is a human problem. But. So many women that I know get stuck in that trap of perfection, perfectionism, and we're going to expose it as a trap today. I'm, yes, I'm one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, for sure. And so I have some really, um, near and dear personal experience, um, to share with this. And I think you do too, being a friend of mine for 20 years, you've seen this in action. I've definitely, I saw it in action this morning when you were trying to <laughs> fix my things on Your the wall that were signs. crooked and. Um, but you're an Enneagram one, yes, which is known as the perfectionist. So I have a little bit of those tendencies too, like, but I'm not, I'm not like I classic perfectionist. I steer more to the Enneagram six, but as you mentioned two pieces to this, I think overall, every, everyone blanket, like human beings in general, most of us struggle with procrastination. I think women specifically have a hard time with perfectionism. Yes. So let's start there. We'll start with procrastination, but just to go back just a moment, for those of you that don't know what the Enneagram is, we use it a lot in our work. Um, You'll see it in our posts. Um, It's a a big um, helping tool for us when we speak to you about relationships and how to improve relationships, whether that's with your spouse's kids, because it's it's a personality typing system. So it's a broad tool, but it helps you to sort of make sense and understand the people that you love and yourself. So Um, that is always step one. So, um, that Enneagram one is known as the perfectionist Mm -hmm. and, um, we'll talk about it from the, you know, the Enneagram is sort of how we learn to cope and, um, with perfectionists, if you are, if you're listening, and this is something that you have encountered a lot as well, um, you don't necessarily need to know if you're an Enneagram one, but you could just listen to this statement and see if it resonates. Mm -hmm. Like when you were growing up, were you given law of approval if you performed perfectly, right? Yeah. So um, there's other types just about performing in general, but this is all about really trying to be perfect, trying to get it right all the time because that inner child, I guess, or going back mm-hmm. would earn that love once that performance or that thing was done perfectly. Yeah. And yeah. then as an adult, you are the person that has that voice in your head that's Correct. always telling you that you're not good enough or Correct. it's not good enough. And that's why the Enneagram is such a that's great a tool. Distinguisher. Yes, because it helps you to, gives you so many insights to sort of get out of your way mm-hmm. as an adult, because we don't need to cope that way anymore. We're not relating with our parents in that same, um, we don't have that same dynamic. We're in our home, we're adults, we're in control of our lives. Right. And so we can sort of start to lay down some of those old strategies right. and those old armor, I guess that we Mm -hmm. used to carry and it's helpful for that. So let's talk about 
Um, procrastination first. Let's start there because that one is a little easier to tackle in terms of like how to do it. Well, first of all, mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know when we're doing it. Yeah. And I think we all do. And I think just to back up real quick, the reason why we're talking about the two of these together is because we can just procrastinate in general, just because for many reasons, either it seems like too big of a project or we're being a little lazy or, but sometimes for many of us, it's because it has to be perfect. So we just keep putting it off. Right. So that's why the two go hand in hand. So when we put those two together, you can really get stuck. And this is a great conversation for life after kids, because if we're working to be our best selves or working towards goals or to reinventing our life, we can't let the perfectionism procrastination getting the way of, of of making the changes that we need. Right. right? So procrastination for me, what I find is I, if it's if it's a bigger, more like daunting task for me. Overwhelm. Yeah, it it's overwhelm that gets me. And what I tend to do is go after the low-hanging fruit because remember, I like to get things done. I like to check my box and have my to-do list. So if I have all these things listed and I know there's that one thing that's really important and it's gonna be the biggest needle mover mover, but it's big, I'll go to all those other little things. And that that big thing, the important thing, takes yeah. the back seat. And now you're not really getting anywhere. You felt felt your day, felt have filled your day with the 80% of stuff that's not getting you anywhere and neglected the 20% thing that was the big, big deal. Huge. Um, I have a strategy that I'll be honest, I don't use all of the time, but when I have used it, it has worked tremendously for that. What do you, what have you found that's helped to sort of get beyond just looking at the low hanging fruit and get to be able to start to tackle some of those important priorities. Yeah. Well, so the first step is we always say with anything is self-awareness. like the awareness that I was actually doing that. Sometimes you don't like, you still can think like, Oh, look at all this stuff that I got done today and feel really good and ignore that other thing. But then when you realize like, hold on a second, (laughs) you know, Clean the gum off the chair. I, I, yeah, it's like, and, and by the way, this doesn't have to just apply to a business or work. It can be to anything that you're doing in your life, right? So I think, so that was the number one is the awareness of it. So the number two, and the planner that I have, I have the, I have my monthly calendar, but then I have each week laid out with like space for time to do lists, whatever. So I have, I will list out for at the start of my week and each day, the things that I want to accomplish. And then that day. So like, if it was a Monday, when I get up Monday and I'm ready to get started with whatever it is that I'm doing, I go through that list and I number it in order of importance. So number one would be the thing that's, you know, the biggest deal or the thing that needs to be worked on. And that helps me stay focused on not putting those other things off. Have you ever heard that phrase, eat that frog, eat the frog? I think I've heard you say yeah, it. Yeah, so that that comes from Brian Tracy. And if you number those and you know that that's your number one priority, number two, whatever you start with that and get that done. And that is the most empowering thing that you could do for your entire day mm-hmm. because you tackle it. It's you slay that dragon. It's done. And then you have your whole day ahead. Yes. You can be so productive that way. Otherwise, you know what we do. We, we look, we skirt around, like you said, and we do the things that we can get done. And then, oh, I ran out of time. I didn't have time to do that today. Yeah. And then you feel bad about yourself you going to bed because you didn't get right. it done. And you're like, I don't have enough time in my day. I need more time. I need somebody to help me with blah, blah, blah. Well, no, you just focused on the wrong yeah. things. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to be mean to anyone else. No. I'm talking to myself I when I say this. And by the way, you can do this also, like for me, what else I've seen is particularly with life after kids, not just in the day, but if I look at the whole week, because what I do is like, if I start with my Monday list, there are things that inevitably are, I'm not good enough yet at figuring out how much, how long something 
something's going to take me. Like there's always overlap. There are things that I'm just not going to get to. So they would carry over to the next day or to later in the week. But what I find if just looking at the week, you know, so if I know I'll give, for example, that the podcast is going out Sunday and I do our edits, right? I make sure that now, instead of saving that and just putting it off, I get that done at the very start of the week. Whatever I know absolutely has to be done for the week. I want to get that done on Monday and Tuesday because otherwise what I was doing was getting at all this little stuff. And then I get to Thursday, Friday, and I'm like, crap, I've got all this stuff to do. I'm heading into the weekend. I might have to do some Saturday. Whereas had I gotten that done, the other, does that make, I hope, does that make sense to you? And I hope it makes sense to everyone else. Because there's that principle. If you, if you have a five minute job, but you have an hour to do it in, you're going to, what do most people do? Stretch that five minute job yep. into an hour. So pretty yep. soon you're going to the bathroom or you're fixing your hair and then you get it done, but it could have taken five minutes. Yep. Right. So that's where our brains are like, well, we have all week to do this. Don't stretch it out, get it done because that, but you know, humans don't like a void. Yep. So we're sensing the void. Like, what would we do with the rest of our week? So we stretch it out. But like you, like you said, that starts with that awareness and then you can override that that mechanism, that default. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to just throw something in there too, because we're so used to thinking about procrastination as a bad thing, right? We beat ourselves up. Oh, I procrastinate, I procrastinate. Um, One of the things that I think is important, and I just heard this recently, and I can't remember who to give credit to for it, but um, I think it might've been Ed Milet, but um, if it's, if it's happening and it's unusual for you, like Dr. Brooke, you, you know, some you you're you know conquered some some dragons with time management right so yeah pretty good you you could be better like right right but if it's unusual for you just make sure that it's not a subconscious message telling you that whatever this thing is that you are not getting to doing that it's not subconsciously because you're unaligned with that thing yeah right it's that is so important i'm so glad you bring that up because we should not ignore that fact sometimes we put things off because it's, it's not, not the thing right. we should be doing. It's not right for us. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. We don't we don't like doing it. But then there's a difference because there are things that we have to do that we don't like. No. Right. Sometimes we just have to suck it up and do it. And we do have a tendency to put that off too. But yeah. some things we can't ignore. Right. Exactly. But like, if, if you have a choice. Family, we'll tend to, most women will tend to do it anyway, suck mm-hmm. it up. But if it's something for yourself that you have been saying you want, but for some reason you can't get around to it. Is it, is it a question of overwhelm? Start there. Is it a question of time management? Yeah. And then the third question you should ask is, is this really aligned with what I truly want? Yes. And sometimes it's what we think we want and it actually may not be what we really want on our, on the inside. And it's okay to ask those questions. Yes. And oh my gosh, that was like, um, I think a mic drop moment. Like that was huge. That what you just laid out there, yeah. those three things. Yeah. Cause that it, it, it is, it, that's very powerful. Yeah. So many moms in the Life After Kids community are seeking more purpose now that their kids are grown. But over and over again, we hear this one thing. I don't know where to start. That's why we created the Life After Kids Goals Framework and User's Guide. It's the one tool you need to design your new chapter, and it will show you where to start. The best part is it's free. Use the link go dot lifeafterkids.com forward slash goals framework to get yours now. That's go dot lifeafterkids.com 
forward slash goals framework. Let's get started redesigning our life today. Oh, okay. So let's move on to perfectionism. Um, Can we just push that off a little bit? Sure. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's <laughs> procrastinating. Oh my gosh. I'm not ready I to go there. Right you did. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Sorry. <laughs> um, so Brene Brown has done a lot of work on perfectionism. Um, we've both read her book. Um, she has said that perfectionism is really self-destructive. So we can think of it as like, well, especially like think of those people that, you know, right. Um, we've Reese Witherspoon played in a movie. Was that like, um, shoot, it was called like a plus or, Oh, you guys help me out. She was a student and she was like, absolutely like perfect, but turns out she was kind of a bad, the lawyer. No. Anyway, bad example, bad example. Any case picture that person, Christina Applegate in bad moms. If you saw that movie, mm. remember oh. her, the, the, she was rich and beautiful and had it all together. On the surface, it's all together. And, yeah. And the- so we tend to compare ourselves maybe to these people and think, oh, this is awesome. Like, I want to be that. I want to look perfect. I want to act perfect. Well, it's, it's a belief system that is a total trap. Um, and it's addictive because as I said earlier, it's not about growth. It's not about like, okay, I'm going to work to get, you know, my ex, my outsides looking the way that I feel on the inside. It's not, that's healthy. (laughs) Yeah. That's a healthy striving. Um, but what perfectionism is a way to actually avoid, it's a defense mechanism. If I'm perfect enough, I can avoid and decrease these feelings of like judgment and shame that I could get from others, um, because I'm not perfect enough. Right. Do you see the difference? Yeah, absolutely. And, and here's the, the problem even bigger now in the age that we live is social media makes everything look perfect. Like to your point that, that sort of picture that you painted of Christina Applegate or whoever it is that you would know from a movie or whatever, where it looks like this beautiful life. And on the, in, in the background, it's like falling apart. That's social media. Like we only see the good reels on social media. Yeah. You never see, you know what I mean? And then we feel like, oh, we've got to keep up to up yes. with that. And it's just, it's a hamster wheel of like, this is the thing. And I've, I've mentioned this before from um the book Gap and Gain, but it's like, if you're constantly chasing that ideal, it's an ideal for a reason because it's an ideal, they're not attainable. But if you're constantly trying to get there, you're going to be probably pretty miserable. So, you know, like, I think yes. this is the conversation you're trying to have is that we have to realize that in- be okay with it. Yeah. Just, just to throw onto your, you know, social media, because I think it's, it's something so relevant Mm -hmm. to us all, but social media, when you see those posts with the families on vacation or whatever it might be, that is the most filtered sanitized version of that family. Right. So I got a couple of uh, compliments recently from people I know about our Christmas card. Right. So here's a funny story. And it was, it was a pretty beautiful Christmas card. And, you know, I, I, okay. That's, that's a, that's one of those areas that I'll still let myself be quote unquote perfect. Yeah. Right. Like I'm looking for whatever it's a Christmas card. I, I know where I, the Hills I can die on. It's mm-hmm. still going to be a piece of me. Right. So, um, <laughs> what's funny about that picture you though, fighting leading up to, Oh, well, not, 
not like so bad, but like I've been here. you guys have to know where we tr- like. So first of all, we didn't have a photographer because we didn't get the the great picture in the summer when we were on a different vacation. So that was we my fault. I was the, first, the photographer. <laughs> we waited for the first <laughs> snowfall of the year. Well, it really wasn't supposed to snowfall. It turned out it worked out okay. But you should see us. We're trudging up. It's just like outside of our neighborhood. It wasn't any like um, beautiful location. We're like parking and yeah Lyle's like are we doing and Mark's like I'm not going in the snow and then because it's like guys there's yes there's a couple inches of snow we got boots on we're not gonna melt and then you know and and so it's all about behind the scenes and then and so you see this like I said the sanitized filtered version so just make sure you realize you never know what happened before that picture was taken right like nothing oh I've done that this is terrible I I feel guilty about this is off on a tangent we'll bring it right back but how many times we've been driving to church and fighting the whole way (laughs) each other and just yelling like whatever bickering and then we get there and it's like everybody look perfect (laughs) we're all happy we're all perfect we're all like pretty it's like ridiculous what we do you know and I think if we had more conversations about stuff like that it would just actually be more comical to us unless it's really like you know sad fighting you know hopefully hopefully we're we're just more or less like taking out our frustrations and it's not yes, deeper. There's diff- obviously there's a difference, but yeah, just keep in mind, everybody's going through that. And that's a piece of that being vulnerable, which is just like, Hey, you know, you're at church and be like, just leaning over to somebody and said, you know, if somebody says, Hey, you guys look great today. Yeah. But you should have seen us 10 minutes ago, which is, I know something that you're really good at doing, like cracking a joke and just bring, keeping it real. Right. Yeah. And that is so actually endearing when you're, when you're trying to keep up that perfect front, it's a way to push people away. It really is. Um, and it's, it's not letting people in to see because you're afraid of if they see the real you that they won't like it because you've been told, unconsciously or told yourself yes that this perfect exterior is what's lovable Mm -hmm. oh that's sad yeah it is but it's it's really true true. and that's where the vulnerability piece comes in like and this is a silly thing but this just came to mind too like I don't do this anymore because I've gotten I'm getting I'm getting much better in this area um I'm striving for perfection no (laughs) um but like how many times in the past that I've had a conversation with um, it could be man or woman, but very often like another woman, like, and we're having a conversation about whatever it is. And she might say something that I don't like, okay, I'll give you an example. Cause we're getting ready to list our house and the real estate agent was here. And she said something about like a financial piece or something that was going on that I didn't understand. And ordinarily I would just act like I understand because <laughs> I didn't want it, I wanted to be like, I wouldn't let somebody know. I didn't know. Yes. No. And and I used to do that all the time. And I just go, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. And when really I'm like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> but I stopped her and I was like, I don't like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Can you explain it? That's but I right. think that's a piece of perfectionism too. Wouldn't you say that we or no? Am I? Yeah, I, but I think it's like a form of um, healed perfectionism perfectionist right but I mean when you cover that over and you don't speak up and say I don't understand like I don't know what you're talking about yeah. or what does that mean yeah that is that just... you're not doing anyone a service you're trying to make yourself look better and appear yeah. to be quote get... perfect yeah but now you're confused right <laughs> and yeah I think that's just uh trying to not appear out of the know or ignorant or you know um 
Yeah. I mean, if you, if you do that a lot, for sure, that could be perfectionism, yeah. right? Because you're trying to appear like, Hey, I've got it all together. I know everything. Right. You know, exactly. Like, I, That's where I was going. I went that. to mortgage school, like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, yeah. we did it. It's okay. Yeah. Right. It's okay. And uh, speaking up for yourself in that place is a form of self-love because, you know, I think that's where we get into issues is when you don't speak up and say, whoa, 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 I didn't catch that. And then how many times in a situation that's similar down the road, does that come back to bite you? Right. Right. Absolutely. Especially on a financial matter. So, and by the way, you're making those situations typically in your mind bigger than if you just asked that question or showed yourself whatever it was, whether it's because you asked a question, you didn't understand something, or you just, your appearance, whatever it is, like you're making that bigger in your head. And then the other person probably barely even paid attention to it or lost you know a what? second. Do you know what I That's mean? That's like, a good point because it's, it's truly, and we said this earlier, but just to restate, it's truly the biggest trap because the, I, and you know, sometimes when we get outside of ourselves and we talk about this, it's the whole reason we're sitting here today and speaking to you, driving in your car, wherever you are right now, mm-hmm. listening to this. And hopefully, you know, if it's finding that person where it's hitting home, because the thing about it is, is if, if we do it inside our brain, sometimes we think it's just us, right? We're the only ones that do that. We feel alone. Yeah. And more than anything, what I think has come up through our discussions in this community is people speaking up and saying, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one. I know I'm not alone. And there's such power in that. Yes. Because I can tell you with 100% conviction in my bones that if I hadn't overcome some of this stuff, I would not be sitting here today talking to you. Yeah. Like you've known me for a long time. Oh, yeah. This is not been an easy road for me to just be able to open up and speak freely and candidly. Mm -hmm. Right. And I still every day kind of work on that, but, and I just think about that, how that would be doing a disservice to myself if I keep keep those things inside. So it's just that seeing it. And that's really number one, like the same step we have for procrastination is just to see it for what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I say something, what I think is like stupid and you don't have that moment of like shame where it's like, Oh, why did I just put out there? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then you look at people and you're like, are they judging me? Like, are they, did, are they on to me? Yeah. You know, do you yeah. do this too? Yes. Totally. Right. And then you realize, oh, somebody else then says something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes like, you feel better. I'm not the only that, stupid yeah. one. <laughs> but then you can tell like they never stopped and just spent that whole five minutes checking out of the yeah. conversation because mm-hmm. they were, they are understanding that we're not Perfect. Right. That people say dumb things sometimes right. and it's okay because you are doing the best you can and you're on a road where you're just trying to improve every day. And that's the important part. Right. And we don't have, right. And we shouldn't let the perfection paralyze us. Right. Like a two more really quick concrete ex- examples of that are, and I know every woman can relate to this and this might lead into procrastination. You have people coming to your house and you have got to sweep your floors and scrub the floors because heaven forbid anyone comes and sees like comps or anything. And by the way, back to our previous conversation, nobody coming to your house is going to notice that except maybe you, if you're coming, you know, but you don't, you do it for yourself. You've said that before, but you don't judge, you judge yourself harsher than you would judge anybody else. But that might stop you from having people over to your house. And it's like, now you've missed a chance to have friends over and have a nice night because you're worried about your house not looking good enough. Yeah. And that's a silly thing. 
thing. Same thing with you coming to my house yesterday. You flew in to do the podcast. And as I was going to pick you up to the airport, Ken, who was home, because it was a holiday, because Martin <laughs> Luther King was like, well, you already know this story. Well, you know, what can I do to help you out? And I gave him this. I was like, well, you could sweep up a little <laughs> bit, pick this up, make sure the house is picked up. Da, da, da. And he was like, you do know the president's not coming to our house. <laughs> but there again, like, right. It speaks yeah. to this conversation where whether it's your appearance, whether it's what you're saying, whether it's the shape of your home, whatever it is, like yeah. we can let go of that need for it to all be perfect before we start. Right. Yeah. I think, I think the important part is, is if you are a true perfectionist and you'll know it because it will stop you, what you just said, it will stop you from doing those things. So I have a feeling that if just all heck broke loose and just this weekend things went awry and you know, your house wasn't vacuumed, you would be just fine with me showing up. You probably, if you're like me, you'd like apologize. Oh my gosh, my, I'm so sorry. My house is a mess, but you would not like you said, not go ahead and do the thing. Um, and that's just one example, but like, if it's speaking, if it's, you know, um, getting in front of people, if it's writing, um, a message in a blog that you've been wanting to do, and it's, you can't, you, you have those little voices in your head that are telling you it's not good enough. It's not perfect enough. And it's actually stopping you from putting pen to paper or putting voice to, to your microphone or whatever that it is. You need to remember the second rule, which is, you know, this is just a mantra for you and it's a good one. Um, hang on to it. Done is better than perfect. Yeah. So I love that. I come back to it over and over again. If we're going to put something out into the world and it may not look perfect, but it's, it could help one person. It could help mm-hmm. you one little bit. It mm-hmm. will grow you this much doing that thing imperfectly is better than not doing it all at all. Yes. Huge, right? It That is so huge because, and by the way, if we don't do it imperfectly, we'll never get better. Like you can't, you can't just do the thing. Like, so here's a perfect example. That first, uh, uh, was it last year when we did that? We were invited to that event in Florida and we did that speaking thing, right? We, we spoke at that women's conference and we both spoke and I, I was a nervous wreck. And just full disclosure, like being vulnerable here. And you did a great job, but you came off of it like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Like I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't this, I could have said that. And I remember saying to you, like, you have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like if you just wait, like, and by the way, you're never going to get better if you don't do it the first time, because you have to put it, you have to put it into motion. You have to, it's almost like practice it to get better. And you're not going to be able to you just have to do it. Sometimes yep. you just have to do it. And it doesn't, and you have to let go of it being absolutely perfect. Yeah. And by the way, anyone that was there that was listening and watching didn't pick up on any of that. Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that I stood up there, like, um, and you know, I've spoken before that, but it, for years, it was always an Achilles heel yeah. for me. So you know, I've kind of, I've kind of gotten that done is better than perfect, really solid in my brain. And I, and now I'm at the place where like, when I came off of that stage, I realized my message was not tailored for people who didn't know me as well as it could have yeah. been. So I think it was more just healthy, constructive, you know, just, just to, I know you're not saying anything, but just putting it out there that it was more like, okay, how can I tweak that and make that better? Yeah, I wasn't suggesting that it, next time, yes. which you should still do because like, it's not Always. like, oh, here we go. This is ugly, but here you go. Right. <laughs> you know, there's still, there's still those, do you get what I'm saying? Like there's, there's the, 
there's the test, put it out there, experiment, do it, push it out into the world, make it your best effort. And then, you know, learn and then repeat. Yes. Right. And like, just kind of make that a cycle for you. Yes. Um, and each time, as you said, you're going to learn something that will make it better. Absolutely. But, you know, going back to like the heart of it so that you understand it, because again, we're all about leverage, right? So the more you understand something, the bigger your why, the more leverage you have to make a change. And that's, that's what we're here to help you to do. So the piece of this that I really want to get home, take home with, because this has been the hardest piece is that it's not about putting out a perfect um, image or perfect product for yourself. This is so less for true perfectionists. It's so less about like an intrinsically, like I'm making myself happy by making this thing perfect. Yeah. It's not about that. It's so extrinsic, extrinsically motivated, meaning so outward directed. It's more about if I put this perfect thing out, this person is going to give me validation back. It's here you go. Do you love it? Is it perfect? Can you mirror that back to me? Can you tell me it was perfect? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so that is really what you need to stop the cycle. That's really where you can cut that off. Um, and so the third piece mm, is, is you have to work on loving yourself more then you love that validation from others. That's the only way to get out of that addictive belief, you know, hamster wheel with the perfectionism is to say, I'm not chasing that validation. I, I respect that person. I love that person, but what they think of me cannot matter more than what I think of myself. It's that is a huge truth bomb and it is so powerful and so important because if you are waiting if you rely on other people to make you feel good about yourself or to make you feel happy, you are barking up the wrong you're tree. You're going to be waiting you a will, long time. In, or, or you're going to have lots of ups and downs and you are never going to feel satisfied. Like you, you will not live as joyfully as you could. And a lot of that, a lot of us do that with our kids. A lot of us do that with our spouses, our friends, or what, whatever it is. If you're waiting on the validation of somebody else to lift you up, that that is not that is not the way to a really purposeful and meaningful and vibrant life after kids. Nope. And we we talked about this in a past episode just a couple of weeks ago, where you have to be your best friend should be you, one hundred percent. Yep. And people, you know, if you're listening, you're like, well, okay, great. Well, I've lived my life like this. How do I start? It's those three things. So just to recap, you got to see it for what it is. Re-listen to this episode. If yeah. you need to, if this is you listen to this episode a couple of times, because I think, it. I think a few of the steps were, are worth repeating. Right. Yep. And you got to see the good with the bad. So you know, the piece of it where if you're trying to gain that approval, that's the bad piece, mm -hmm. the good piece. Yeah. Has it taken you, can you, can you see the double side of the coin and see how perfectionism has actually pushed you in your life and gotten you to a certain place, respect it for what it is, but cut off the bad piece, which yes. is just waiting for that validation, that love to come back, yes. start by giving it to yourself. And if you need to start with that, go back and listen to our embracing your strengths episode. Yeah. Right. Because that is really ground zero for step zero for it's actually step one ground zero is getting physically healthy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um, you have step to have zero, that in place. You got to be there. You got to have the energy to even have 
yeah. the mental capacity yeah. for this kind of stuff. Yep. And then step one is learning about who you are, how you're special and how you contribute to the world. And I guarantee you every person, I can prove it, right? We can prove it with our quiz and with some other work that we do. Um, so engage with us on that if you need extra help. Um, but that's, that's the first step. And 100%. when you start that journey, it's such a worthwhile journey to get to that place where you are giving it to yourself. Mm -hmm. You're giving, you know, and then, and then you do your best because it makes you ha happy. Yes. It's bringing you to where you need to do. And it's not somebody else's idea of what's best. It's that is so, so good. good. And if, if, if we would all just do a better job of being ourselves instead of putting on a false or perfectionist yeah. font front, then we would all be less inclined to have to be something that we're not. Like it starts with one person. Yes. If we would do that for ourselves, then you're not only helping yourself, but you're allowing everybody else in your life the freedom to do the same yep. thing. It's a it's a gift to all of us as women yes. to be able to do that. Like and and we need that's we so need beautiful. to. You, we, and it's that's just, just such a gift and such an important thing to have the freedom to just be yourself. And by the way, I'll say one more thing. And sorry, I'm cutting you off, mm -hmm. but just while I'm thinking of it, um. If you go down the path of being yourself and letting your guard down and taking away that I need to be this way so I get the validation and somebody in your life is not happy with that, then it's probably finding time to find new people in your, like, you should, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So I was getting to that point too, which is just, you know, this has been a lifelong habit. So this is now sort of like unconsciously, um, these walls and guards we build up and just a, a repeated pattern that we mm -hmm. make. And so you can see it for what it is, but you still need to practice that vulnerability, right? It's yes, not going to just be a was... switch that you flip and all of right. a sudden you're like, Oh, Hey, this is me. Take it or leave it. Exactly. Um, but you want to practice with people and you know, you were for sure one of those people with me. So I hope and pray that all of you guys have somebody in your life. That is what we call a person who's safe, safe person, right? Yeah. A person who knows you well enough, long enough to, to just, they, they are going to, you presenting something imperfect, they're going to be like, okay, all right let's yeah. go, you yeah. know? And so I, you, you need to find those people. And if you don't have one, we'll, we'll be that people will be those people yeah. for you hundred percent. Um, because that's the place to start. And you really kind of have to unwind that and like work on letting Absolutely. down. Something that I do is I, it's like, um, you know, you kind of go into that, um, automatic mode, right? So there's certain people in my life that it just, and it might be a work situation or whatever, where you're not necessarily like stepping into your true self and you, you know it, but you're just functioning from a persona or professional yep. persona. Right. Yep. And so I still allow some of that, but I, in my personal life, I strive, I really am working towards making sure that people that are getting to know me and it's harder with new people. It is because you just automatically want to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And get that. Oh, here I am. But, um, you know, start practicing with the safe people. And then when you sense yourself doing that, just stop. And, and you just have to get out of, you just have to interrupt that pattern somehow. So if that's like a word that, you know, um, will trigger you or just a, a thought that will trigger you just stop. And then you just have to breathe mm -hmm. <laughs> and then just soften into your body. Like if that makes any sense. So like, cause perfectionists, you know, like we tense. <laughs> yeah. So you just soften in your body. And when you do that, then you think, okay, well, how am I really feeling? Or what is really the truth here? Yeah. What's the, what's the good, the bad and the ugly of what 
I'm telling and don't sugarcoat it. Just, you know, you just, and again, it takes practice, but then you just stand in your stand in the truth. And as you, as you mentioned, if somebody doesn't receive that, well, we're not looking for their, we're, we're, we're not looking for their validation. Yeah. If we're, but more at the end of the day, if we don't give our truth or ourself, we're so much more unhappy with that. That's what actually makes us unha- right. unhappy than if we feel quote unquote, temporarily rejected by that person. Right. So good. So what, whatever. I mean, we don't have to live with them. We have to live with ourselves. Yes, absolutely. I love it. Uh, what a great conversation. I hope so. I hope it was healthy. Help, I, I helpful, healthy, helpful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It> was healthy. <laughs> healthy and helpful. Um, I think at the end of the day, to circle back for is, me to to talk about it. it. So yeah, me too. That's why I was just saying this morning. Like it's amazing how much I get from having these conversations too. And I hope you guys are feeling the same way. You guys that are listening, and just remember as we wrap up here, um, done is better than perfect. Wow. I think that sums it all up. Done is better than perfect. Mm-hmm. So even as you start to practice taking your walls down a little bit or being more vulnerable or, you know, showing more of yourself, doing it and practicing it. You're not going to be perfect at it all the time, but just get started with it. Right. And if you're listening, so parting thought, if you're listening, you're like, ah, you know, this was helpful. I'm thinking of like my best friend who, oh my gosh, that's her. You know, the, one of the best things that you can do for people in your life that are perfectionists, or maybe it's your husband, or maybe it's a child. How many children do we know that are, are perfectionists, right? The best thing that you can do is just put your hand on the shoulder. I mean, you know, and just remind them, Hey, how are you really feeling? Like, yeah. What's, the, what's really going on? Yeah. Like that question, I think will help them take that breath and be able to soften and realize they're in a safe place and they can actually practice that. vulnerability. Yeah. It's such a gift to other people. I love it guys. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. Make sure you're following us on all of our feeds, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And if you would prefer to watch this episode versus listen to it, we are on YouTube and you can get the full episode there. Uh, The website is www.lifeafterkids.com where you'll be able to access the podcast. You can access our master classes, the blog, everything we do is right there on the website. So that's a great thing to check out if you have not already. Um, And once again, go get it done and don't worry about being so perfect. Yeah. And engage with us in any way. Um, reach out, DM, email us. You probably already said that. Comment on our post. Um, we'd love to hear from you. So have a good one. All right. Thanks again for listening to Life After Kids. When you have a moment, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you liked our conversation, hit follow and share it with a friend. For more on Life After Kids, go to www.lifeafterkids.com. We'll be back every Sunday, and we hope you will too. Until next time.